Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. Member, FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Pushkin. Again with the Southwest bullshit. Who knows their cardinal directions when they're visiting a town? They should change these voices. Like they should get like actors too. Oh my god! Imagine Jeremy Irons giving you direction. Whoa, that sounds like a king. (laughs) (laughs) That came too quickly, Danielle. Imagine Jeremy Irons telling you what to do. (laughs) (laughs) This is not lost. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan, an audio journalist based in New York. That's Danielle Henderson. She writes for Hollywood. Each episode, I go someplace with a friend to make a travel podcast. And to really get a sense of that place, I try to get invited to someone's home for dinner. Today's destination, Portland, Maine. If there was a list of cities on the most lists, Portland, Maine would be on top. It's on Fodor's Best Places to Travel in 2020 list, U.S. News & World Report's Top 25 Places to Live list, Bon Appetit's Top Restaurant Town list, and it's on my list of places I'd go if I gave up life in the Big Apple. As a kid, I vacationed in nearby Cape Cod, so I find the rugged New England coastline oddly soothing. Plus, the whole area feels so appealingly literary to me. And not just because it has great turtleneck weather, but because it's been home to E.B. White, Thoreau, and Henry Longfellow. And as someone who wishes he wrote more, and definitely likes Soraka turtleneck, I dig that. So we're at this lighthouse, we're on this kind of, you know, it's a, it's a, there's pathways and cliff walks and, you know, jagged rocks meeting the ocean and waves crashing against them. The water's bonkers today, it's really violent out there. It's really churning out there today. I'm going to go over there because I feel like I can get a good Instagram shot over there. I mean, this is 
I don't know why influencers aren't coming here en, en masse. <laughs> Danielle and I are on Cape Elizabeth, an outdoor area at the entrance of Casco Bay, the body of water Portland sits on. It's blustery, drizzly, overcast, and the sky looks like an oyster shell. Portland, by the way, named after Portlandia, which is not an old English word that means satirical sketch show about hipsters, uh, but it is an old English word that means land across the harbor. So we're supposed to meet him under the lighthouse. I feel like it's kind of like a detective story, like a Graham Greene story. Being that the coast and literature are two of the main things that attract me to Portland, I thought we'd start our trip with a combination of the two. So I invited a local poet to meet us here. Oh, there he is. Steve. Brendan Newnham. I have no idea. Hey, Danielle. Danielle, Steve. Nice to meet you. When I first got here, I thought, gee, this is really crowded for this time of year. But then when I saw the waves and all that, I figured, well, that's probably why. Is it not always this dramatic here? It's not like this every day, no. I don't know. I'm, no, I'm visiting no, from New York City. I'm like, oh, no, beautiful no, Maine. I know. It, it is beautiful. I agree. My name is Steve Luttrell, and I present myself as an existential entity in the early 21st century. That's what I do. I do poetry. You're born and raised here. Why, yeah. why did you stay in Portland? Well, I didn't. I actually left and went out to uh, San Francisco because there was a lot of people of my generation doing that. I, I traveled around and then came back to Maine because I couldn't find a place that I liked any better. So the lighthouse, yeah, is that too obvious a symbol as a beacon for, for people to come from coming to Portland, Maine? And Yeah, I would say it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess the short answer you, to that is yes. Did you put a line through it with red pen? Well, yeah, you know, uh, the Lighthouse, uh, Longfellow's House, uh, the Tate House, the, the Portland Museum of Art, those are probably the top four or five, uh, you know, spots where people coming from away want to go. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, it seems like Portland is, there a lot of arts flourish here. There are. For a small city, uh, we're very fortunate to have some wonderfully talented people, not just writers, but musicians and uh, painters. Maybe we can have you read some of your poems. This poem is entitled, Coming to the Fore. How often I have looked to see this river in its moving toward this harbor. From a hillside down across this river's mouth, one can see the scope of it. How it opens out and curves around behind the small squat light. Wow. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Even though you are an existential being, you're also a poet laureate. I was the poet laureate of Portland. How does that happen? What, is, what, is, what are the steps? Do you submit yourself? Do you they asked me if I would be that, and I agreed. <laughs> Do you get a special, special license plate or something? No, no, no. But it was an honor. You know, I mean, to be honored by the city was nice. And, um, you know, my teacher, my mentor was... The late Robert Creeley. Uh, Bob Creeley always used to tell me, Steve, the only reason to make a poem is because you have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, I do this, I get up in the middle of the night and run downstairs to write three lines because it occurs to me in a moment of whatever to do so. Exactly. And that's really it. I mean, and that's, if you can take that from the activity, then, then you're okay. But if you're looking yeah. for more than that, you could get into deep waters. I do have a confession to make. Portland kind of does reside as a plan B yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my head because, <laughs> because it, I, I can't afford anything in New York. Right. 
in Brooklyn, people fantasize about moving to Portland. It mm. has become this like ideal of like, oh, just if I can make it there, my right. life will be calmer. I'll be able to raise my children with fresh air. Right. You talk to the people that have been here for generations, and the word that comes up is gentrification, because it is so uh, beautiful and so livable that people are coming from places that are a lot, <laughs> a lot more expensive to live in and yeah. you know livable but not to the same pace so just one last question yeah. um so longfellow i think his first collection was called the seaside and the fireside yeah i think you're right i'm not i wouldn't swear to that but that sounds right uh what, do you, what is your fireside life like in portland like what do you do at the after you're writing your poems because part of our, our, our show idea is we go to these places, we meet people, but to get the real sense of place, we need right. to break bread with them. Right, right. And well, uh, you know, the, the weekends, I generally I got a little cabin I go to, so... Okay, so no, we can't, we can't have a dinner party at your house? Gee, no. Next okay. time, though. Okay. Absolutely. All right, all right. Consider it a rain check. All right, yeah. I'll take it. With bad weather in the forecast for pretty much our whole visit, I have a feeling I'm going to leave town with a lot of uncashed rain checks. I was into Steve's that we didn't get to say he was wearing a rich mustard corduroy jacket. So sweet. Doc Siders. An incredible tweed hat. A gold hoop earring. One, singular. I know. Just a little rock and roll. Long, long gray hair, like if Bernie Sanders grew out his hair. Oh, he did well in San Francisco in 1967. Right? Don't people become poets to get laid, like in the 60s? Maybe in the 60s. You really didn't have to do much in the 60s to get laid. <laughs> they invented the pill and it was over. As we're getting ready to leave, a shiny object in the distance catches my eye. It's a vehicle with a clapboard sign out front and a crowd of people. My stomach growls and I decide to investigate. Okay, so there's a little lunch truck and there's a bulletin board covered in plastic with all this praise given to this lobster stand. Number one lobster roll in America, according to BuzzFeed. Ooh, number one food truck in America, according to the Daily Meal. And uh, on the menu, there are main lobster rolls. And then we got main style, which is mayo and fresh chives. Connecticut style. Just warm butter. There's nothing more Connecticut that I've heard. Just warm butter things, no spices. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? All right. Can we get um, two, I'm gonna get a main style lobster roll. Also a main style lobster roll, please. And can, is there a way to make the lobster roll to go? Is that... Oh sure, yeah, we can pack it to go. Okay. Yeah, lobster roll to go. Well, that's how we lobster roll? Oh my God, I can't <laughs> with you. Lighthouse, lobster rolls, we're one stop away from a Portland, Maine hat trick. And the place we're going, it also starts with the letter L. Two of them, in fact. We're eating a lobster roll in the parking lot of L.L. Bean. We're at Peak, Maine, and I'm wearing boxer shorts with lobsters on them. That's a little too much of I don't have, I don't wear boxer shorts. What do you think I am? <laughs> yep, we're visiting the L.L. Bean factory and outlet. Mmm. How is it? It's decent. It's short for decent. I feel like we're like degrading the lobster a little bit here. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like drinking champagne like while watching football or something like that. It seems kind of wasteful. Or maybe it's on brand. This is like going to uh, <clears throat> the Vatican for preppies here. <laughs> Literally, if you told me as a teenager that I would be visiting L.L. Bean in any capacity, <laughs> I would not have believed you. I get what Danielle's saying. L.L. Bean's preppy outdoor gear hasn't always been my style either. I could rock that fanny pack, I think. 
But who knows? If I moved here, maybe I could make sensible clothing work for me? I'm liking these shoes right here. I'd fill my fanny pack with pencils and a notebook to write down my thoughts, a Toblerone bar for when I'm feeling peckish, and a jaunty kerchief for when the wind picks up, or if I find myself at a remote wine bar and need a flash of style. But my shopping would have to wait, because when we asked to record in the store, L.L. Bean's PR team one-upped us and invited us to visit their testing center. Hi, how are you? They call it the Smash Lab. The Smash Lab. My mind immediately pictured a Hadron Collider where monogrammed totes are slammed together at high speeds. So we decided to check it out. So we're walking into an actual lab. Can I just get your name and your title first? Uh, Tom Begley, Research and Testing Laboratory, L.L. Bean. You're wearing a lab coat. Is that an L.L. Bean lab coat? Uh, No, this is a standard laboratory lab coat found all around the world. Are you guys going to move into the lab coat market? Uh, Not that I know of right now. Okay. So what goes on in here? Like, why do you have to test everything? Uh, So the reason that we test everything is we want to meet the expectations of our customers to come out with a quality product that's going to meet their daily needs in the real world. You said that perfectly. (laughs) It's almost like you said that before. Actually, I love to break things. Uh, That would be the the precursor to this. Can Can you show us a test here? So... This is a buckle for our wax canvas cotton collection. So all of our snowshoes will go in here, put a sunflower shower head over it. Our tent poles, ice skates. We'll freeze a bean boot into a solid block of ice. We will then bash that out with a hammer. Are you saying I get to bash it out with a hammer? Okay, yeah. Yes! You gotta get angry. Yeah. When, when is your appointment with your therapist again? <laughs> the kind of therapist I'm used to makes me lie on a couch and blame my parents for why I can't even commit to buying a houseplant. But here when things get stressful, like say a moose steps in your Subaru, you can just bash ice. But then what? How do you unwind if you're not wound up? Uh, so Tom, like after you're smashing things all day, like what happens? Uh, pint of beer. But Danielle and I are here through Saturday, and so if we were, you know, we're, we think the real way to get to know a place is maybe to, like, get invited to someone's home and have a meal. Like, what are, you, what are your plans this weekend? Ooh, uh, I'll have to get back to you. Are you just saying, though, because you're press guys in the, in the room and you're afraid to... Oh, no, I'll get back to you. Trust me on that one. <laughs> so far, 0 for 2 in the dinner party count. After our visit to Smash Lab, Danielle and I are ready for Nap Lab. But we've got places we need to be. So we stopped for coffee at a spot everyone told us we had to try. Aptly enough for a duo like ourselves, its name is Tandem. Oh my God, there's a line. I had to wait in line for coffee? No, forget that. Does it come with a hand job? Jesus Christ. (laughs) There's literally like a corner shop right there. Just get coffee there. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't Tandem's fault they were popular. But crowds are the sort of thing we'd come here to avoid. Fortunately, like any hip town worth its pink Himalayan sea salt, Portland has a ton of good coffee shops to choose from. Oh, All right, coffee shops. We're going to Coffee by Design. Okay. Southwest. Can I get a double espresso cortado? Cortado. And a small cappuccino. Where are you guys from? Uh, LA. In New York. 
Your biggest nightmare is Portland. We're here. <laughs> we're here and we're buying condos. <laughs> we're here to raise a rent. <laughs> so what are you guys barn testing for? We visit towns. And then we want to learn about the place, but by avoiding the tourist <laughs> spots head on. Yep. And maybe getting invited into someone's home to eat dinner. So do you guys oh. know of a dinner party later? If you find out, let me know. I'm also like, I do shaman work. So then I'm like, I do my, I am pet sitter, and I slingshots during the day. Wow. It's a way to go. It's fun. Should we get your name, where you work, yeah, or like? Yeah, my name, full name, Brendan Thorpe. I work at Coffee by Design on Congress Street. Alternate Brendan. It's, I'm Brendan. I'm your Brendan Doppler. <laughs> this is what I'd be like if I lived in Portland. If I lived in Portland, would I be a shaman? Probably not. The only spirit world I interact with involves three parts gin, one part dry vermouth. Olives, please. Then who would I be if I lived here? My Brendan doppelganger exuded a sense of calm that was enviable. Calm's in short supply where I come from. New York, after all, is the city that never sleeps. A motto that sounds exciting in your 20s, but later sounds like a warning. A city that occasionally sleeps is what I'm looking for. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member, FDIC, copyright 2024. J.P. Morgan, Chase & Co. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now.
Newly caffeinated, Danielle and I stroll Congress Street, one of the city's main thoroughfares. It's packed with cafes, buskers, and bookstores. This is like that that bookstore, the used bookstore. Yeah. Smells a little musty and dusty. Has lots of treasures hidden in here. This is the kind of bookstore where you find things that you weren't intending to find, where you kind of you come in and see what's here, yeah. and then you all we will always walk out with something yeah. that you never expected to find. Let's go meet. Let's go meet her. Okay, we should be whispering. Why are we whispering? It's not a library. It's a bookstore. Hi, how are you? How are you? <laughs> Nice to meet you, Michelle. I'm Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Nice to meet you. My name is Michelle Soulier, and I own the Green Handbook Shop in Portland, Maine. Uh, I'm looking at all these Stephen King books, which makes sense. He's one of your native authors. Yes, we've got to stock a lot of King. We're in a Stephen King country. I'd nearly forgotten that the King of Horror hailed from here. Yeah, Portland's a great town for books. We have three used bookshops and three new bookshops all in the downtown area. And they all do their own thing, and they all do... Yeah. I, I guess well, because we're all still open, you yeah. know, so. Michelle not only sells books, she wrote one. It's called Strange Maine, and it's about all things strange in Maine. Probably could have guessed that. Why do you think there is a conglomeration of eccentrics in, in, in Portland? I think Maine has a tradition of encouraging individual thought and also encouraging privacy. So you're allowed to do the things you do mm. and kind of grow and cultivate them yourself without mm -hmm. a lot of people pushing on you if you figure out a way to do it on your own. So are you, you're closing down soon? Or what time? How I much am, yeah, six o'clock is closing time. Okay. Can I come get a, get a drink with us? I would love to. I would love to. How, which way are we going out the door? Oh, we're going to go out the door and then we'll head to the left. Okay. So we're going to Bow Bow. Where is that in relationship to your... Oh, it is a hop, skip, and a jump. We are almost there. You can practically smell it. The sidewalks feel eerily empty for a Friday night. At the same time, every few buildings, there's a restaurant filled with people. Portlanders take food seriously. And as someone who knows their tagine from Tartar, I have to admit, it might be part of what made me want to come here. All right, we are at Bao Bao. Here, you say that again? We are here at Bao Bao. Awesome. I'm very excited about dumplings. Uh, food, food, food menus. I also have cocktails, beer, and specials for you guys there. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Sure, thank you. I know, I'm embarrassed to say it. I don't even, I don't drink beer. That's and okay. Maine, everywhere we go, they're like, there's a great brewery on yeah. the corner. Yeah, they're all about the brewery. Do you think I could live here even if though I didn't drink beer? Would I get excluded? Fine. Okay. You drink cocktails? Yeah. Yeah, you're golden. <laughs> <laughs> we keep winding up on those top lists of cities. Yeah. And it's, there's no turning the tide at this point. I was in my shop, it was a couple of years ago now, but I was talking to somebody and they were like, yeah, you know, I just moved here from Brooklyn recently. And so we're kind of trying to get the hang of everything. And, and some person who was further back in the shop stuck their head out and was like, oh my God, me too. I just moved here from Brooklyn. And then somebody else said, me too. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, oh no, my entire shop. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I live in Brooklyn and this has been kind of a plan B in the back of my head. The we, flip side is that you're, that funny story you're talking about your shop. It's like, he's like, me too, me too, me too. But then you're as a store owner, yeah. you have three customers there that are giving you money. Can we get uh, another order of the bulgogi and another order of the slaw? Another slaw, another bulgogi? So what is love and dating like here? Um, 
That's a difficult question to me because I've been married for a really long time. But I would say that I think it's difficult. I've always been astonished by Portland's little pockets. So Portland, I kind of compare it to like a, you know, little furry rodents who have all these little warrens and dens. And so everybody's burrowing in and creating these little warrens and doing all their little projects in their different little dens. And it's not until like something happens accidentally, like somebody busts through a wall of their den and is like, hey, what are you doing in here? Then you find out like there's people right next to you doing really similar and interesting things that you didn't know about at all. We're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> Portland? Yeah, yeah, Portland is packed with nerds. <laughs> nerds and metalheads and artists and yeah. We all like to do our own thing. But what if one's own thing was learning about other people's things? Nerds, by definition, are single-minded people obsessed with a non-social pursuit. Whereas I am single-mindedly obsessed with a social pursuit. Dinner parties. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for meeting up with us and sharing your knowledge of Portland. It's my pleasure. We're here for like two more days. And uh, one of my like strategies for getting to know a place is trying to like not just go to the tourist spots and like maybe even like get into someone's world. And so what, 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 are, you guys, what are you doing tomorrow night? Like what's going on? Well, um, Saturday night is kind of wide open. One never knows. Can we stay in touch with you and maybe we could, we could hang out again and, and maybe break bread with some of your cohort? Yeah, absolutely. Really, that would be amazing. Okay, so we'll, we'll check in with you in the morning. Thank you so much. With our so dinner party plan set in motion, we said bye-bye to Bao Bao and drove-drove back to our lodgings. Back in our rented den, I thought about what Michelle said about Brooklynites cropping up in her shop. Did the B in my plan B stand for basic? Was my attraction to Portland the result of a true yearning for a quieter life? Or was I just another Brooklynite checking out the next buzzy thing? These questions ping-ponged in my mind until finally I went night-night. The next morning, I woke up for Danielle to meet with someone who definitely didn't move to Portland because it was trendy. Hello, how are Her name, you? Decca Delac. I'm nice. Decca, good to meet you. Brendan, nice to meet you. Decca is a Somalian refugee who came to Maine 10 years ago and recently became the first black woman and Muslim elected to the That's South right. Portland City Council. We met up outside an old maritime signal tower that overlooks the city. She said we can pretend we're on top because we're outside and they're birds. <laughs> Decca wore a hijab the color of autumn, orange, yellow, and red, it was almost as bright as her constant smile. How was it when you first arrived here that first winter? How, how did you adapt? It was really scary. It was very scary. It was very, very white. Everything was white. Yeah. And even my children had a cultural shock because yeah. they were born and raised in this country. But yet they get used to the South, in the South, where yeah. they have, you know, African-American friends. Yeah. And when they came here, actually, we lived in Lewiston, where it has a large number of Somali community. Okay. And my oldest, who's 26 now, said, Mom, where are the old black people? And I said, look around. You know, these are all African people. He's like, no, no, those are your people. I'm talking about the African-American people. Sometimes go to Boston so that they can see other folks who are <laughs> African-Americans and just yeah. feel better that way. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you say white, you mean not just the snow that's everywhere. You're talking, this is like a 94%. 97%. percent. We, we kind of uh, go back and forth with Vermont. Okay. So who, who is the whitest state? Wow. So it's 97%. Yeah. Well, Al, have you been here? There's another conversation that happens uh, in Portland itself we're seeing where mm -hmm. people are coming 
from from New York City, from other cities, and they're coming here and they're moving and they're changing the nature of the town. They're oh, making yeah. rents higher. Yeah. They're changing the culture. Yeah. How does that, does that, if at all, intersect with your, your community? Or your it, it, it is. It is. And it's just a lot of, uh, if you will, gentrification that is happening in Portland, especially. And, you know, as much as Portland makes into the national uh, news, there are more people who are interested in, in coming here and want to buy this condo or get rid of this low income housing and make it a bigger condos, condos and things like that and as mainers we are a gray state older people older people most of the population is exactly yeah. are very old and we talk about how we need young people and when you look at that the immigrants are the youngest people that are here that yeah. can make a difference for this city yeah even young white people who want to stay here and have their families raised here cannot afford it yeah let yeah. alone an immigrant person who you know, already struggling. Yeah. So how can we retain young people in this city yeah. if we are making a studio for seventeen hundred dollars? Yeah. I, I, so I live in New York. I'm from Philadelphia originally, oh. and I had, I had an NPR show for years. And now I'm working on this, but uh, I'm at a point in my life where I lived in New York so long. I'm never going to be able to afford to buy anything in New York, and uh, I feel I, I don't party as much as I used to. Like I don't need that that thriving nightlife. And so when I dream of other places to go, I have to admit Portland. Yeah is a plan B for me. South Poland is even better. South Poland? <laughs> All right. Okay. South Poland is even better. How is that a bit cheaper yeah. than Portland? So you're saying like maybe not go directly in the city, but yeah. go, go adjacent to yes. it? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. But do you, would, you, would I be welcomed or would you be like, oh my God, here's another white guy oh, for, with, no, from the city? No, you will be really welcome because we have a... People are really lovely here. Yeah. I mean, you might have one person who's bad and their voices are louder. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The good people, their voices are lower. I heard you when you were answering the question earlier, you referred to yourself as a Mainer. You feel like a Mainer? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people are referring to us new Mainers. So I kind of challenge that. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, do we call new Mainers people coming from California or, you know, yeah. people coming from uh, uh, New York? Yeah. No, we don't. We just stamp that on a person who's coming from another country. Interesting. So that is where this new Americans, yeah. new Mainers, yeah, yeah. new whatever is yeah. coming from. But a friend of mine said, I need to challenge that because I've been here 25 years, he yeah. said. I've been here when I, since I was 10. Yeah. So am I a new Mainer? <laughs> So, I mean, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's so an interesting question. You're saying the new Mainer label is usually used to refer to those yeah. immigrants or yeah. refugees, but not necessarily someone coming from Boston. No, or, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Are there, are there any, uh, sorry to mix up the, the high and the low, but you're, you've seemed very comfortable talking about everything. Are there any like main habits? Like, they, like do, you, do you like skiing or anything or hiking or things that you never would have thought as, as a young person in Somalia or in Atlanta? Well, I would not hike. I would not ski. I can tell you that right away. But my kids did all of that. And it was so funny you asked that question. I was in another meeting earlier and uh, a community uh, a meeting. Yeah. And one of our young uh, youth leaders was talking about how she has a hiking group of young people. And I'm like, oh, my God. OK, do not break anything. And she's like, come on, auntie. I've been hiking since I was 10 okay <laughs> we know what we're doing so a lot of kids are changing that they're doing yeah. a lot of uh, activities outdoors yeah and but the parents are not because we were not you know raised in that yeah honestly it was nice to know that if i moved to portland i wouldn't be the only one who sees hiking as a dangerous walk to nowhere i asked decca if maybe dinner parties were more her style but she said she had plans that night 
Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase, NA member FDIC, 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. It was time to pick up Danielle and head to the city's waterfront. I'm going to hit Michelle up later. Do my dinner party thing. <laughs> she does not want to throw me dinner party. She said she would hang out. She seemed really eager. That is, she said it in a way that people are like, yeah, let's definitely get together. <laughs> no, she said yeah, it like she totally. was, I think she thought we were bringing good new energy to her. It's chilly today. Would you call it an imperfect storm? I would call it drizzle. Grizzly Whatever Saturday. happened to faux shizzle, my nizzle? <laughs> Why are people saying that? I mean, I'm not in a position to bring it back, you know? I think it's because white people started saying it. I know, I think we killed it. I mean, everyone's like, oh, no, we can't. I think there's a list of where I have a question while we're on that topic. On fleek? What about it? Are you allowed to say that? You're not allowed to say it. <laughs> After spending our first day in mainland Portland, we thought we'd visit one of the city's surrounding islands. Hi. Hi. Going to Peaks Island? Okay. It's going to be, you said Peaks, right? Yes. 2310. Okay. And where is it, the department? Gate number five. Thank you. There you go. You're all set. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It's crazy that here in the ferry terminal, the most prominent display are real estate boards. Because it's people like you and I fantasizing, I guess. Let's look at houses. Whoa. I could really almost live here. Really could. You could live on Peaks Island at least. I don't think I could live here. Why not? 
Because it reminds me of places I've already been. I know that small town, small city life, and it's yeah. not what I'm looking for right now. Yeah, yeah. This is your first and final boarding call for Peaks Island at gate number five. This is your first and final boarding call for Peaks Island only at gate number five. Island free. Um, yeah. That's not Portland, is it? Does this count as an island if it's so close? Yeah. I feel like there's. I've been in under in the subway going from Brooklyn to Manhattan longer. <laughs> No, this is it, Peaks Island. We're, right. we're, we're, right. we're rolling up. How do you do? Suspicious. I'm Nancy. Why do you look suspicious? Hi, Danielle. Danielle. Pleasure to meet you. You're wearing an umbrella hat. <laughs> yeah. And then you're wearing purple, a purple uh, polar fleece. Yeah. And what are these pants? These are African pants, and they actually have umbrellas on them, kind of hidden in all this pattern. Wow. So this is the spot. This is the museum. Um, so welcome to the world's only umbrella cover museum, where you'll see there are hundreds, probably about 700 umbrella covers on display in this little tiny space. Wow. Nancy Three Hoffman. How to describe her? Well, she spells her middle name with the number three. That should give you an idea. Nancy shows us around her museum, which doesn't take long because it's one small room the size of a closet. I imagine you collected umbrella covers personally before you started displaying them? Exactly. I got curious about umbrella covers after I cleaned out my house one day and found some umbrella covers. <laughs> and I just said to myself, hmm, do other people have the same problem? Which is, will I ever use these little things again? Are they just too hard to get back on the umbrella to even bother with? Mm -hmm. And if so, why were they even created? I use my umbrella covers. Ah, you're one of the 12% of people. <laughs> Danielle, there are very few people that actually conscientiously use really? their umbrella covers. The thing I like to show people is our mission statement, which is about appreciating the mundane, finding wonder and beauty in the simplest of things, and knowing that there is always a story behind the cover. How many umbrella covers do you have? I have... 2,000 cataloged umbrella covers in this museum, more or less. Well, when I heard about the museum, one of the things that attracted me to it was this kind of, my mind immediately went to kind of Zen Buddhism, and this, uh, there's way more mundane things that happen to us than, than epic mm. big things. Mm. And do you find that people come here sometimes with an element of reverence, or, or is it always whimsy? Uh, mostly whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good try, Brendan. Good try. <laughs> but, and excitement. You know, enthusiasm. And, and it's hard to say because people are touched. It's about attitude. Right. Uh, I had a friend who was very depressed, and that mission statement has helped her through some of her depressed times. Not to be too grandiose about it, but, but it is about how appreciating the simple things, as you were describing, mm -hmm. can remind you that, yes, we have to plod through some of these things in life, but we can take a breath and, and enjoy any moment that we can. Just let a smile be your umbrella on a rainy, rainy day. And if your sweetie cries, just tell her that a smile will always pay. So this Whoa. case has some of our most exciting umbrella covers in it. Is that made out of candy wrappers? Yep, it's a gum wrapper chain umbrella cover. Um, I have a lot from England. I have some from the Olympics, Team Great Britain. Mm. Do you want to see the sexy room? We'll just look at the sexy room, sure. <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. 
This looks like look sexy sexy covers. One is just a thong. That's a thong. How That's is that not an umbrella, umbrella cover? cover. What's it covered with? Oh my oh. goodness! Umbrellas. As Nancy played, it occurred to me that the Museum of the Umbrella Cover is one of those warrens Michelle told us about. A place where a passionate enthusiast burrowed in and built their own little world. I'm glad it exists, but it made me wonder whether I was ready to park somewhere quiet and lose myself in a project. Yeah, Portland's cool. How do you how do you feel about it? Could you live here? I'm still on the fence. It's like Michelle was saying last night about she mentioned how people stay in their little mouse or rat dens and warrens and don't come out. Like I feel like I'd have to have a partner if I want if that's what I want in my life. Or a family already. I like don't you know. wouldn't meet anybody here? Yeah, not to that level. I don't know. Um, and I like knowing the vanguard about what's about to happen. And I feel like here it takes a while for that to get up here. I don't know how it found a place in my head as like a place I could live an alternate life. Yeah, where did that come from? There's just, so many cities between Portland and New York. I just feel like New England, I grew up going summers in Cape Cod and New England in general always had a kind, mellow vibe to me. And I guess I read all the magazines about the food stuff, and they seem cool, yeah. if I'm being honest. The food's incredible. Yeah. What is that? It's like a brick building in the middle of the water yeah, that looks over... kind of empty. and. That's crazy. It's like an old prison. Yeah. That'd be a dope house. If I could live there, I'd move here. <laughs> While Danielle was inspired by the house on the island, for me, it symbolized the isolation I might feel if I lived here. People are the thing I nerd out on. And for now, I want to be in a place where there are lots of them. And I want to travel to meet even more. Traveling, not burrowing, is where I'm at. Well, dinner parties and traveling. Well, dude, we're going to a dinner party. (laughs) We're going to a pizza party. All right, we were going to a pizza party. But pizza's dinner, so that makes it technically a dinner party. On the ferry, I texted Michelle from the bookstore and asked if she was still game to host a gathering with us that night. And so Danielle wouldn't think I was being pushy, I said we'd supply the food. Party! Pizza party! Do you remember that commercial? It was like a board game about pizza parties? No. Party! My grandma wouldn't buy it, so I just memorized the song. Pizza party! Let me see if I can pull up the It was a board game called Pizza Party? Yeah, let me see if I can pull up the commercial. Pizza party, party, pizza party. That song always gets me psyched. It's my pump-up jam. I listen to it at the gym. No. Hey. Secret toy club. Our party consisted of Michelle and her husband Tristan. We brought some pizza. We brought some beer. We brought some wine. Such an inviting store. And the setting couldn't be more in keeping with the nerd theme that was emerging in Portland. We were in Tristan's comic book shop. I like comic shops that make people feel like we don't have to be an ultimate geek already. The store is a cavernous, high-ceiling geek Valhalla, filled floor-to-roof with comic books, horror movie ephemera, and pinball machines. My ex-husband and I met on a Delphi comic book forum. Danielle is on cloud nine. She and Tristan hit it off like Yoda and Batman. Anyway, they got along, and while they zipped around the store, Michelle and I munched pizza in contented silence. 
You guys bored yet? What's up? What's up? <laughs> I wasn't bored. Just taking in Michelle and Tristan's habitat and thinking about how this podcast could be both my Smash Lab and Museum of the Mundane. Anyway, thanks so much for hosting us and hey. sharing Portland with us. Thanks for and coming. this magical shop. I'm so glad that you guys got in touch with us and so that great. you came yeah. here. Yes, and there. <laughs> <laughs> we finally knocked them all together. And yeah. We can all be it's nerds done. together. <laughs> yeah. And thanks for letting us have a little pizza party at your shop. Yeah, that was great. So there are video games back here. We should just play them. Danielle, do you want to play around? Xenon? A round, please. Well, we'll take turns. Portland has been great to us. Perhaps part of the reason travel is so intoxicating is that it allows us to fantasize about a different life. And in the case of me in Portland, it's a different life I really thought about leading. But plan Bs, it seems, are like mirages. They disappear as you approach them. That doesn't mean they don't have a role. They can act as kind of release valves that lower the pressure on our actual lives. But it means that once you visit and you return home, you're left only with that actual life. Your plan A. And of that, you can be for shizzle my nizzle. I think I used that right. The lead producer on this episode of Not Lost was the talented Tali Abacasas. The show was also produced and written by me, Brendan Francis Noonan. Our associate producer was Jackson Musker. Special editorial guidance came from Mirabert Wintock. The show was mixed and mastered by Hannes Brown. A big thanks to my friend and this episode's travel partner, Danielle Henderson. Go check out her book, The Ugly Cry. Not Lost is a co-production of Pushkin Industries, Topic Studios, and iHeartMedia. It was developed at Topic Studios. And the show's executive producers are me, Christy Gressman, Maria Zuckerman, Lisa Langang, and Latal Malad. Production assistance on this episode also came from Jacob Smith, Amy Gaines, and Julia Barton. Our theme song was created by Alexis Georgopoulos, a.k.a. ARP. You can check out his music at Mexican Summer Records. And thanks to everyone in Portland, especially Poet Laureate Steve Luttrell, Tom Begley at L.L. Bean, my Brendan Doppelganger at Coffee by Design, Nancy Three Hoffman, and Decca Delac, who I'm happy to say recently got a promotion. She's now the mayor of South Portland. Hope I'm still invited to visit. And a big thanks to our pizza party hosts, Tristan Gallagher and Michelle Soulier. Check out Tristan's spot, Coast City Comics. And you can buy Michelle's books, the ones she wrote, Strange Maine and Bigfoot in Maine, as well as many other fine publications at her own bookstore, The Green Hand Bookshop. Please go support your local booksellers, people. Or in this case, support, you know, the local bookseller in Portland. Oh, and speaking of support, please head to Apple Podcasts. Go rate and review the show. I know you hear it a lot, but it's real. Learn more about Topic Studios at topicstudios.com. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. Until next time, bon voyage.
Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.